Today's the day, leading mom. Today's the day that we celebrate everything that we've done during the past year at Moms That Lead. All of the wonderful guests that we've had, the stories that have been told, the inspiration and practical tips that have been shared. If you've missed any of our episodes, you'll likely hear a brief clip from it today, and I encourage you to go back and check it out. If you're feeling in a place that you need a little extra inspiration today, this is definitely going to hit the spot. Just putting this episode together was so refreshing and energizing for me. So I hope you enjoy today. If you're new here, of course, we'll start with the intro so you can get to learn a little bit about me and about Moms That Lead. I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking during the rest of the episode, but I will let you know what episode number each clip came from so that you can journey back to that episode and hear the entire thing. We'll wrap up today with a collage of all the different responses that many of our guests gave to our favorite question, what does it mean to you to be a mom that leads? And I'm guessing that as you hear all of their responses, you will discover that you are a mom who leads, and we need you to fully step into that purpose and become who you were created to be. Okay, let's get on with the intro. Hey, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. All right, to get us started today, if you have ever doubted the impact that a mom can have, just listen to what Hilda Granigo has to say on episode 24 back in last November. I don't think there's any greater call than the call of being a woman, especially today. And I believe that today or in this age and age that God is using the resilience, the perseverance, Mm. the courage of women and their voice to bring about uh, necessary change, necessary conversations that need to be had. They may be difficult, but they are definitely necessary. And so I'm glad to be a part of that species. I'm glad to be a part of that network and that organization, even like you, Again, using your voice to bring awareness um, to things and and isms and policies and all those things that people need to know about, but also how, how do we take those things and make it better for everyone, right? 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad to, to be a speck in the whole masterpiece of it all. Yes. Yes. Completely agree. So inspiring. And, you know, you may know our mission at Moms That Lead is unlocking the leadership power of healthy, purpose-driven moms. And so obviously you're speaking to my heart when you're talking about just the gift of being a woman. So thank you for that. Think about it. We get to carry, incubate, and allow something to grow within us, right? Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. to give birth to that. And, and let me just say that, that for women who may not have naturally had the blessing of, of having a baby, that does not mean that you don't have the ability to give birth to something. Um, because right. God made you a woman, you have the ability to birth into the earth. Mm-hmm. And so don't let the world tell you that because you are unable to physically birth into the earth, that you can't birth spiritually and you can't birth Mm -hmm. mentally. There are other ways that you can produce and dominate and expand the things and the call that God has for you in your life in the earth. So I just want to encourage women in that because sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we allow the world to tell us how we are made whole and if we are if we are really a woman or a true woman, a full woman, they don't get to say that. They don't get to to decide that. And they definitely don't get to title us. And remember last July in episode seven, when we talked to Sarah Odland of Doing Good Together about how to connect in a time of distance? I love her answer and her advice. We are in a unique situation where we're able to have more time with our families now, but we may still not be as connected as we would like to be with our families because maybe our you know time with our families is spent between trying to get them fed lunch before we hop on our next conference call or you know trying to squeeze in the 10 minutes of work between when they're asking us to do something to help them out with something. So what are some tips that you have for really finding true connection with your family. And it's funny to talk about needing to connect with your family when we've been together for so many months without much interruption. Um, But it's true, you have to be intentional about it or you're going to realize that you were in the same room with them most of the day, but you hadn't sat down and had a conversation. Or even sometimes I I will sit down next to one of my kids and not even say anything, just like, whew, I need a little break. And that's when the big ideas tumble out. That's when questions I didn't even know they were wondering about or considering kind of pop out. So just even simply taking a pause with them. Remember the important advice that she had about how to go about facing and doing anything about the huge challenges that are in front of us in our communities, in our families, and in our world? When you're feeling like one of the world's problems is really ugly and scary and and too big, you can either get sunk in your own anxiety or you can take the next step and do something concrete to try to make a difference. And every time that action is going to feel better than the anxiety that you were feeling. And once you've taken one action, every time you're going to learn and you'll take that next step. And if we all keep taking these steps on these really big problems that are plaguing our entire globe right now, 
that things will get better. And speaking of challenges, remember when Megan Smith of Planting Seeds 365 told us about how she had gotten to a breaking point, just being crazy busy as a working mom, and how she found a way to step back, change things, so that she could really connect with her kids. That was in episode 22. Any learning that you think you have for what it took for you to get from that breaking point into positive, constructive action? Yeah, so... You know, I think, I think as moms, we are really, really hard on ourselves and we feel like things have to be all or nothing. And what I want, you know, what I would love to say, and one thing that I really strive to do through all of this was to go, you know, if I can do one thing, one thing Mm -hmm. a day to be more intentional, to make one more connection, to spend one more minute doing something like that, that is progress, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk all the time about, you know, um, progress over perfection, taking imperfect action. Like that's, that's what it is. And to not, not hold ourselves to this really high, like unachievable standard of trying to do all the things, but to just take, do one thing. And, you know, the other thing too, that I really dug into was, again, what is success for my family? Mm-hmm. Is our story. It is not the, um, we're not living the stories of other people online. We're not the stories of our neighbors, of our friends. We are living our own story. We are creating our own culture, our own legacy, planting our own seeds, like getting to that point to where you do it for yourself and you know your why. And then you just start taking one little tiny step at a time. And speaking of stepping out of this stress and into a greater peace, I love the tips that Marielle Melling had for us about finding peace amidst the chaos. That episode aired right before Thanksgiving and was episode number 27. I'd love to hear, you know, whether it be that particular leader or the woman you mentioned, your friend who was a widow, or even yourself, you know, when you when you found this piece. There are three big habits that I found that are very, very common in people who have found this piece. A big one is to have a focus on service, right? To see that life is not always about me. And especially to recognize I have unique talents and gifts that just like you were saying, I can now share these with other people. And how could I leave out the episode that I did with my daughter, Megan, and her view on the three most important qualities for a leader to have? So when you think of a leader, what are the three most important skills a leader needs to have? Probably to listen to the other people. Why is that important? So you don't do what you just want to do, and you do what they want to do too. Like, it's not all about yourself. Secondly, they need to have a lot of perseverance get through all the tough parts of their job. And what does perseverance mean? To just keep going. Even if you fail, you just keep trying and trying as hard as you can. And what's that quote that you like about perseverance? You only fail when you stop trying. And third, 
it's important to be honest to people that you are leading. Why is that important? So they know what like you think about things. And didn't you just love the episodes where leaders came on talking about how it was important to be a healthy leader? Remember when Lori Masikas was on talking about how we could get past the female fitness lies to become stronger leaders? I loved what she had to say about the connection between fitness and leadership. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what fitness has to do with being that best version of yourself and being out there and leading. Yeah, fitness, I, to me, all the leaders I follow obviously would be into fitness because uh, I'm looking for them for expertise, but a lot of the, a lot of the main leaders within networking events that are maybe into real estate or uh, banking or something else, they all seem to have a way of incorporating fitness into their life. And I think it's because it's a way and a, a physical example of what real dedication and self-love and commitment is. How about Gabrielle Baumar, who came on talking about how you can use a fitness or wellness goal to motivate yourself to start a new habit, to do something that is more than you thought that you were capable of. She joined us on episode 15. When people do a wellness challenge in honor of somebody else, the opportunity that they're then provided is the opportunity to not listen to the voice in their head that says, I can't, because it gets overridden with something bigger than they are. How about when we weren't even necessarily talking about fitness, but instead when we were talking about leadership vision and Sean Overcast highlighted how it really is all about developing healthy individuals. She was back on episode 18, How to Motivate Others by Starting with Yourself. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you would describe your leadership vision. It's very simply come down to developing healthy individuals. And I define health through mind, body, and spirit. We work with a lot of organizations. I've seen a lot of different cultures over the last 20 years. And there's a lot of toxic organizational mm-hmm. culture, toxic teams or toxic individuals. And I certainly don't believe that anybody intends for their team or their organization, or even an individual level to show up that way. I think it happens from a series of, or rather a result of just disease, which just aren't healthy anymore. And I've attempted to attack things at the broader scale, working with an entire team or an entire department or working to help evolve the culture of an entire company. And what I keep coming back to is that it's just one person at a time. And as a mom, I see that even more clearly, the responsibility I have to be healthy so that I can show role model for my daughters how to be healthy so that as they enter into the world of adulthood, whatever path they should choose, 
they enter it in a healthy way with healthy coping mechanisms, with healthy ways of connecting with people. I think that's ultimately where it starts. Speaking of motivation, one of my biggest learnings from Sean's episode was about what to do when you are really having a hard time motivating a particular individual. Have you been in any situations that you might have had either an employee or someone you were leading in a different situation that didn't necessarily want to be motivated or was a little bit more of a challenge to motivate to get to do what you needed them to do? As I lead, I leverage my experiences. Uh, Not that my experiences have to be the same as yours or that I want you to follow the same path that I have followed, but there are things that I can leverage or reflect on to help overcome something similar. Mm -hmm. And if I can't connect, if I don't have an experience with that, or I don't understand what that disconnect or lack of motivation is coming from, I don't know that I'm the person to help lead them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there, that's not saying that all hope is lost. There are other people, community, to mm-hmm. lean on to help figure that out. There's also just authentic conversation that can help overcome that, of sharing exactly what I just shared. Of, mm-hmm. I don't know how to lead you, which can also be scary but Mm -hmm. leaders are people too. But I have had that experience and I I can say I don't always feel good about it, but I also know that not every leader will be effective for every person. What about in episode 31 when Melanie Michaelchuk told us about the story of her journey to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro? And we talked a lot about perseverance and what that means and why it is so important as a leader. Speaking of perseverance, why do you think perseverance is important for leadership? Good question. I think it boils down to doing what you say you're going to do, right? You know, if you're, I think one of the qualities of a good leader is to follow through. If you say Mm -hmm. you're going to do something, you know, you need to do it because if you're, if you're in a leadership position and if you, you know, say you're going to do X, but then you just never do it. I remember one time several years ago and I was so frustrated with myself and I would say, oh, I want to send out cards. I want to send out thank you cards, like just something so simple. It's like, oh, so-and-so was so nice to me. I really should send them out a thank you card. Or, you know, this person was so great, said, I really want to recognize that. But then I wouldn't follow through for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my own self-doubt or my own, oh, that's a dumb idea, that sort of stuff. And so eventually now I do it, right? Now I will grab out, pull out a card and I'll, I'll write that thank you and I'll put it in the mail or I'll drop it off wherever I need to drop it off. And I follow through with that thought. And I think that's, that's all part of the perseverance, I guess, is following through with what those ideas are and taking action on it. And perhaps one of my favorite episodes with Amy Henderson of 10 Lab episode 40, when we talked about how being a parent is some of the best leadership development that money can't buy. 
There was so much fascinating neuroscience presented in this episode and so many inspirational points about the benefits of being a nurturer. You said a while back in an article that you wrote that, you know, we were entering an era where parenthood is the ultimate leadership and development training program. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on that. So looking into research from other disciplines to help me understand what I was hearing in the interviews. And what I discovered is that parenthood unlocks five main capacities. Mm. That's what I would say based on coding the interviews and looking into all these other disciplines. The first one would be emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Like one dad said to me, when you have to figure out what a nonverbal infant needs and wants, it forces you to become really skillful at listening for nonverbal clues. You know, mm-hmm. like what that about how he could always tell that when his newborn was pulling on her ear, that she was tired. And that if he missed that window, like if she's pulling on her ear and he didn't put her down for her nap, then it was mm-hmm. all over. And he would have to deal with a screaming infant who would miss the window for the nap for like four hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, I learned to get really good at reading those nonverbal clues because it was the only way that, you know, his life could feel somewhat sane and under control. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he would have to live with the consequences if he didn't. So that so the first one is emotional intelligence. The second one is courage. And there's some really compelling research around in mice, which have similar sort of brain structures to humans, mm-hmm. where they found that mice who are responsible for raising one litter, regardless of whether they actually birth the litter, that they have a significantly greater degree of courage. Hmm. And that the regions of their brain associated with fear actually have less neurological activity. So there's emotional intelligence, courage, efficiency, and productivity. The same, mm-hmm. the same sort of researchers did some work around mice and efficiency and productivity. And they found that mice who are responsible for raising at least one litter are up to five times more efficient at catching prey. <laughs> and, you know, that's what, you know, ask a working mom to get something done and like, right? It's like right. your capacity to focus. And, and then the, the fourth one would be purpose. So that's so interesting, Terry, mm-hmm. that you talked about how this, what you've discovered in your work with Moms Lit Lead mm-hmm. is that moms in particular have this enhanced sense of purpose, mm-hmm. something that they can contribute to the world. So, you know, that consistently came across where it was, if I'm going to leave my child behind to go do something out in the world, that mm-hmm. thing I do out in the world had better matter. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving behind something that matters to me quite a bit. And when I come back to that thing, which is my child, I want to feel really good about who I am and what I've done while I've been away. And then the fifth one was the capacity to collaborate. And that's where the neuroscience and the evolutionary biology is really strong. And I would say that that's possibly more than anything else, the skill that parenthood unlocks. And how about when Amy talked about what she calls forging experiences? I know that we've all had so many forging experiences in our lives, and I love what she had to say about how we can use those to our benefit as leaders. So for any parent who's listening to this show, I would invite you to think back to a moment where you were really brought to your knees in your parenting journey. You just like, you just got cracked open. And I discovered in my interviews that every parent has them. And I wouldn't even say one, but it has them, you know, the time where the kid says the thing or does the thing, or you say or do the thing in reaction to the kid that just breaks you down and makes you feel like the worst human you've ever been or the worst human on the planet. There's everybody has those. And I would invite you to think back to that moment. And if my work does anything, it would be to reframe that moment as an incredible gift. 
because it is harder to be a working parent in the US than in any other developed nation in the world. So the stress that we experience is very real and most of it is not our fault. Mm -hmm. But that being said, a diamond cracks along the fault lines. Mm -hmm. And so under an extreme amount of stress, which many of us are during COVID, where we are gonna crack is where we were already weak and in need of tending. Hmm. We can use those moments and reframe them as an opportunity to look at where inside ourselves we still have work to do, where we still need to grow and evolve. And then we resource ourselves to do the work necessary to tend to the wounded, broken, angry, bitter, sort of you know, sore parts within us mm -hmm. so that we can become better versions of who we were before then we can begin to unlock these capacities. We are stronger together than we are alone. And if mm -hmm. we can recognize that there are others who are also forging themselves through these same challenges and that in the process of forging themselves through these challenges, they're committing to making a better future mm -hmm. for other working parents. Yeah. One of the things I write about in my book is that 20 years ago, I came home from the Peace Corps with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I later learned that the Pierre Omidyar, he has an organization called the Hope Lab. And one of my girlfriends worked there for many years and she traveled around the world studying what it is that allows people to be resilient in the wake of trauma. And she found that there's three main things. One is that you, you have a sense of connection. You know, you're not alone. You feel seen and heard by at least one other person. And the second one is a sense of agency that you have some control over your life mm -hmm. and the choices you make and the actions you engage in. And then the third one is a sense of purpose that you know you can contribute to something better than yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think we're at a time in history where a lot of parents are really struggling and the antidote to that struggling, the way to become resilient in the face of the challenges that we're encountering is to, to go through that journey. Know you're not alone. Take some agency and control over your own life, whatever you can do and then play your part in building a better future. Mm -hmm. You will become a better person. See what I mean? Really inspirational, impactful advice from so many women. Let's conclude today's episode then, hearing what these women and more had to say about what it means to be a mom that leads. What does it mean to you to be a mom that leads? I never could have imagined the honor I would carry in being able to lead the two girls that I have. It's quite a responsibility. I mean, it's a responsibility to keep two people <laughs> alive, <laughs> alive and thriving, but that it's an honor to be able to do it for them, that I was picked to lead them. And so it's a helpful perspective, I think, to get through a lot of challenging times, to reframe on that. My children are 10 and 15, and teenage years are different than middle school years. Just and a little. High school, <laughs> a little different than middle school. But to look at some of the adversity with, I get to do this with her is my inspiration. I love that question because my first sort of humble, instinctive answer is, I wouldn't know. I'm not that much of a leader. I am, I am a homebody. I'm uniquely suited to this whole introverted stay-at-home process. But of course, that's not the right answer <laughs> because I'm doing what I can. I'm doing the things that I'm good at and I know how. And when I look around at the moms I know and work with, 
in my own community and all over the country, it's amazing the many different ways moms show up to lead in their lives. It's so exciting to see whatever her ability, whatever her interest, whatever her time availability, the moms in this country are stepping up and doing amazing things for the kid that their own child's friend with. They're, they're helping out with every fundraising committee, every school activity, every, everything you can imagine just in these little ways. And then you ask a few extra questions and you find out they also have six side hustles and a book in the works. And it's just, it's amazing and humbling and sort of motivating at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. if, if we all can be stepping up in all these different ways, well, then this little long shot goal I had, I think I'm going to keep working on it. Oh my, so much, so much. I think, you know, as moms, we are, we are leaders of our family and our kids model so much behavior. And, you know, we, we often, like I said before, we can place so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, but I think in anything, a good leader shows up authentically for the people that they're leading and says, again, says, man, I messed up today. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to do this to, to correct it. And that's something that, you know, again, we talk about with planting seeds, I'll oftentimes talk about the boys. Like right now I'm working on, you know, not having my phone in the evenings um, and not being on my phone through dinner. And I've told them that. And I said, Hey, if you see me on my phone at dinner after dinner, you're allowed to call me out. Like you're allowed to do that because this is something I want to work on right now. And that to me is, is a leader is somebody that, that is positive and builds, builds people up. It's not always harping on the negatives, but also shows up and says, look, I'm working on stuff too. And I want, I want you to help me. And then that fosters that culture and that teamwork um, of everybody working together and helps me be a leader when I don't have the pressure to be perfect. It's to have the ability to shape another person's life. And so I want to use that word. I want to make sure I define that when I say shape, ultimately God molds and shape, but I believe that my hands work with his hands and that our hands together help shape as it's kind of like an apprentice, a sculpture, you know, when he's learning to sculpt, sometimes his teacher will put his hands on top Mm -hmm. of his hands to help him with the edges, to help him, you know, smooth out places, right? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that is my call as a mom is that I'm an apprentice sculpture and that with the help of God's hands on my hands, that I am able to shape my son's lives that give them solid cues, solid Mm -hmm. images, ideas for life. And so that's what I think what it means to, to lead as a mom. A mom that leads is somebody who is trying to do good within her sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And as a mom, I have experienced, and I've seen other moms that our seasons are different. Some seasons we are very home centered, home focused, that, that that is our sphere of influence. Some seasons we are much more involved in the community or in our businesses. And it doesn't really matter how big that sphere of influence feels 
it matters what we're doing with it. And mm -hmm. so to me, that's, that's a mom that leads, who takes whatever sphere season she's in at the time and is trying to do good with it. I think it means to me setting a good example for my kids. You know, mm -hmm. being a mom is all about having kids, right? And so I want to be a good example for them. And I think it's important for them to, to see me as, as a strong person, someone who has an opinion and a life. You know, I mm -hmm. think some, some moms allow themselves to be pushed around by their kids mm -hmm. or their family. I see that quite a bit, you know, where they don't have their own stuff going on. And I think it's really important for a mom to have their own stuff going on. You know, it's part of your own self-care. Like I'm sure you have a hobby, right? So, you know, start pursuing that. I think it creates a, a fulfilled life and a well-rounded life. And it allows, you know, the children to realize that, you know, mom's not always there 100% of the time. Mom's got her own stuff going on too. Mm -hmm. A mom who leads, she protects, she heals, she teaches, not just her kids, but everyone around her. And obviously, you know, we know this comes with a lot of highs and lows, but I think moms who lead are trailblazers. They are really the one out there just making the way. And I really think, especially after the year I've had, you, know, you don't have to be you don't have to birth a child to have these characteristics. Mm -hmm. You could be a stepmom. You could be a mom who has adopted children, or you know, maybe you're longing to have children. And I think ladies and women in general are those leaders and those role models that we're, we've talked about of having that aspect of courage. You know, we all have that motherly role, if you will, in one way or the other, whether we have children or not. And so we are all nurturers. And so I would change it a little bit to mom mm -hmm. slash women mm -hmm. who, who have courage and who lead. You no, know, we all are empowering and warriors in our own right. It means everything to me. And as I said before, around leadership is an honor and a privilege and it's a joy. I, I really believe it's a joy. And to remind myself of the impact that my words and actions will have as a mom on my beautiful mm -hmm. daughter, on my husband as as the world, you know, we're still fighting for gender equality and mm -hmm. equality in general. So as a mom that's leading in my house with my husband and my daughter, and really just for everyone that I come into contact with, my, my personal purpose is to bring joy to people's lives and inspire people to be their authentic self and to be a mom that leads. That is, there's no greater gift than mm -hmm. to have that impact and interact with people and if nothing else, just a heartfelt smile that I can leave and hopefully brings that joy um, to people's lives. It, it means to set an example. I think being a role model for your children, you know, demonstrating a key skill that's required for success. Leadership is impactful to your children. So a mom who leads, leaves a legacy and, and how they show up when they make their way to whatever it is they want to do in their lives. I mean, that's what's coming up for me. So the three L's are going to be moms who lead. Well, one, you lead. Two, you limit. And three, mm -hmm. you lift. A mom who leads. And one of those L's, of course, is going to be leading, right? And just knowing 
when something needs to be done, you get it done or you delegate, right? Uh, you, you take care of everything. You, you make sure everybody's to make sure you are good and you are taken care of. So with limit, don't feel like you have to do everything back to the leading part, right? Back to the delegation part. So limit how much you do, limit how much you take on. Also limit those around you, limit your children. Maybe a tablet doesn't need to be in the child's hand. I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to the listeners. Maybe a tablet doesn't belong in the child's hand <laughs> as much as it should. Maybe the child shouldn't have as much free reign as you give him or her. Uh, and then also limit yourself in terms of how much you take on, you think. And then finally, lift. And all you do, lift those around mm -hmm. you, lift your children, lift your mates, lift your teams. They're going to remember that. I remember having a manager at that ed tech company, and it was the coolest thing in the world. I remember maybe my first week or two on the job, she was introducing me to someone and she, it was, I think it was an email. I don't know, whatever. But I remember she used such glowing terms and I thought she's, she's met me in, in a, on a phone interview and uh, in person for another interview. And then a third interview was on the phone. And I can't remember she had met me at that point again or not because it was a remote position. I don't think we had seen each other in person, but only one time. So anyway, she's introducing me to someone via email and she is, oh, you're going to love Bridget. She's incredible and so on and so forth. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I'd, I'd want to hang out with me too. But that was a, a, a common practice that she had and it grew on me as well where anytime I'm introducing someone, I am talking about what a rock star this person is. She would always lift us up. And so that's my third L for moms who lead, always lift up others, always shine the light on everybody else around you. Because guess what? The person who ends up shining also is you. Well, that's it for season one. We did it. 45 episodes. Again, I hope if you haven't had the chance to listen to all the episodes, you'll take this brief break that we are taking as an opportunity to catch up, to go back and hear all of the episodes that have been part of season one. It truly has been a wonderful year, and I so appreciate you being part of the community. And just as every podcast and YouTube host says at the end of their episode, if you do enjoy this, please rate it, review it, and share it with a friend. We will be back on our one-year anniversary, or very close to it, on June 9th to kick off Season 2. And if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, you haven't heard the message that we are introducing a new format into Season 2, our Ask the Expert format. And this is all about you. We want to hear what leadership questions you have, what leadership challenges you are facing so that we can get answers to these questions and perhaps some advice or ways to take that first step forward from our experts that we're going to have on. So again, you can send those questions directly in 
at momsthatlead.com forward slash questions. Or if you follow Moms That Lead on LinkedIn, you will see a few polls up there that give you the opportunity to vote for some of the questions that we've already heard or even add your own twist or a completely different question on the topic that the poll is about. So please get those questions in there. We can't wait to have conversations around your questions so that we can truly help grow this community and make you a stronger mom who leads. I can't wait to see you again on June 9th for the kickoff of season two. And as always, until next time, lead with love. 